It's time for those most famous words in motorsports. Best known for his role as Gunnery Sergeant Hartman in full metal jacket. Please welcome retired U.S. Marine R. Lee Irby as he delivers the most famous words in motorsports. In honor of our beloved United States military, past, president, future, and first responders, law enforcement, and firefighters, I take great pleasure in saying, let's get cracking. Drivers, start your engine. You're right, cool. you it up. Make sure you're clear of the 13 stop. With you as always, and uh, two weeks ago, we were sitting here talking about the playoff field, talking about guys in contention for the championship, and none of us were talking about Kevin Harvick. Here we are two weeks later, and Kevin Harvick might be a dark horse Final Four contender after picking up his second straight victory this season at Richmond and looking like he's riding a wave of momentum into these playoffs. What was crazy is two weeks ago, we were, I mean, I know I was. Um, was talking about how it's going to be weird not having Kevin Harvick in the playoffs. Right. And then you look now, and it's completely flipped the script. And, you know, I, I don't, I wouldn't put him as far as the championship contender um, just yet. But look, get hot at the right time. We said it last week after his win at Michigan. You've got the best crew chief pretty much in the garage. Right. You've got a great driver. Anything can happen. Well, and the, the thing that's I think should scare his competitors the most is the way that he's won these two races. He's not done it by having the fastest car and leading the most laps like we're so accustomed to him doing in the four car. He's kind of reverted back to his RCR days where it's like, okay, I'm going to run the top 10, and if things fall a certain way, I'm going to capitalize on restart, capitalize on pit strategy or something like that. And that's effectively how he's won these last two races. So you have this model of Kevin Harvick that you've been racing against for the past 10 years or whatever, and it's now completely flipped. So you can never count these guys out of a race. And, and for as tough of a season as they've had, they've run decently. They've certainly carried the banner for the Fords that haven't won. And even, you know, compared to his teammates, like, uh, you know, Cole, or, um, not Cole Custer, but uh, Chase Briscoe that has won a race this season. It's like, you know, Harvick's obviously consistently run better, you know, on that fringe top 10, back half the top 10 type of thing. So you knew that eventually they were probably going to figure it out, and now they have. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is, is you know that, again, he's he's way too good of a driver. Roddy Childers is way too good of a crew chief just to not figure it out. So um, I agree with you. I, I think they're playing with house money at this point in time, and um, – you know, we know they're not going to be scared of anybody in the playoffs. So I think they're definitely a team to watch. Well, and, you know, the the 2020, he wins all these races, goes in, you know, as one of the favorites to win the championship. And, you know, they end up coming up short last season. You know, they struggle. They don't win a race. But they still get to the playoffs and perform well. Um, obviously, he was in contention to win the Bristol Night Race for the deal with Chase Elliott happened. So now they're I think they're going into this uh, playoff with almost kind of a house money mentality, like, Nobody was thinking we were going to be in this. We didn't think we were going to be in this two weeks ago. And now here we are, you know, let's go for broke. Let's see what happens. And again, when you have a combination of a great driver like Kevin Harvick and a great crew chief like Rodney Childers, those guys with a winner go home mindset can be very dangerous to everybody else. Well, and the other part of it is there's kind of now that they're in, they're kind of like, why not us? Yeah, why not? 
And I mean, you look at every single track in the playoffs and you're like, well, Kevin Harvick could win there. I've seen him win there before. And, and certainly again, kind of going back to Rodney Childers, the crew chief thing, as we're going to tracks for the second time, they ran second at Richmond back in the spring. They already had a good notebook for this place. So they came in there more prepared than they did in the spring. So as we go back, these places for a second time, if there's any crew chief in the garage area that I would count on being better on a return trip, it would be the number four team with Rodney Childers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. A uh, crazy stat that I actually came across yesterday, um, you know, in, in looking at everything for, for Harvick, that was his 60th career win on Sunday. Um, he's now jumped past Kyle Busch once again on the all-time win list. It took him 12 years to get to his 20th win which was coincidentally actually at the Richmond spring race in 2013 while still driving for RCR in the nine years since he's won 40 more races and got himself to 60 wins. It's crazy. And again, I think the the combination of him and Rodney Childers has just been a match made in heaven. And you think about like, man, if these guys were together, you know, for the 12 years before that, they could have rivaled Jimmy Johnson and Chad Knauss's numbers. Yeah. Crazy to think. Crazy. Um, but, but, you know, Kevin Harvick certainly has shown that he's not done winning yet. We don't, we don't know how many more years he's going to be around. He's certainly interested in sticking around for a few more at least. And, you know, now you kind of raise the question of, can he get to 70 wins? Can he get another championship? Yeah. I mean, obviously time will tell, but, you know, they, they're, they seem to be, you know, they, they hit the, the valley and down and feeling sorry for themselves. And, you know, you're starting to see this gradual incline and look, we know what they're capable of. Right. Now he was very thankful this race was not 401 laps on Sunday because if it was, we'd be talking about Chris Bell having a second career win of the season. And it's so funny to me because um, in the spring race, Denny Hamlin and Chris Gavart played this off strategy where they had better tires at the end of the race and they just came tearing through the pack. And uh, essentially Chris Bell did the same thing on Sunday to the point where I went back and watched the final stage over again. And kind of similarly to, to the Richmond spring race, the commentators weren't even talking about him and how fast he was going until those last handful of laps. And yeah, it certainly looked like he didn't have enough time to get there, but yeah, if we have one more lap of that race, Christopher Bell most likely wins it. Yeah. He at least is to the bumper of Harvick and probably uses him up. Yeah. Which, you know, for a wild day he had, he ended up spinning out and having to come from the back. So, uh, you know, again, they had got their win at um, New Hampshire a couple weeks ago. That's another team. And it's like, okay, got to pay attention to them at these flatter, shorter tracks because they seem to have something figured out. Yeah. Going down the rundown here. Hats off to another great run by Chris Busher. Um, he was running second. Uh, it looked like he had. Chris, Christopher Busher. Christopher Busher. That's certainly getting a lot, getting a lot of steam. Uh, thanks to Alan Hart Jr., of course. But, you know, this is a team that they're when they're good, they're good. When they're bad, they're bad. And they'll show up and run second at Sonoma or have a really strong car at, you know, the Coke 600 and end up flipping over, obviously. But, you know, have another strong showing here. But, you know, next week they could go out there and run 22nd. Like, they're just not consistent enough. But given his finish and how strongly Keselowski qualified and how well he ran early in the race, you start to feel like RFK's piecing things together they just hadn't got it all figured out yet um but i mean when you look at daytona in two weeks being a super speedway both these guys won their day daytona duel this year not unrealistic to think one of them could pull out a win to make the playoffs yeah i i mean look 
Brad Keselowski knew when, when he signed on at RFK that it was not going to be an overnight success story. Right. You know, and I, I see those growing pains um, with the team this year because even the way Brad qualified mm-hmm. um, Saturday for the race. I mean, I mean, it's just those. I mean, when was the last time we saw Brad get excited about starting in the top 10? I can't in remember. Past decade, that's just been the norm. Right. And, you know, and then when you, you start, you know, 20th plus every week, it just, you know, th- these little wins will take you a long ways. And, and I, I agree with you completely. I mean, we know the Fords run well at, at these super speedways, and we know how Brad is, if not the best, he's one of the two or three best um super speedway racers right now so mm. uh you know busher's not bad either so wait, who knows what can happen these especially these next two weeks it's two wild cards in the regular season is is watkins been really a wild card though have road courses been that much of a wild card this year because i feel like even though we have seen new winners for the the first at least three road course races it's not guys that i guess i'm overly shocked were good at a road course yeah, I, I think it is to an extent just because of the strategy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, if, if a caution falls correctly, you're you're, you're looking good. So I, I versus other places, I mean, if it's typical cookie cutter mile and a half, you're just like, yeah, you know, the guys that are going to have speed right. um, but road course. And obviously with Daytona looming, it's just two opportunities for to get into the playoffs. Right. Well, we didn't have a new winner this week. Obviously, Harvick was the 15th winner last week and doubled down this week. So the story of Ryan Blaney versus Martin Shrix continues to go on here. And while Martin Shrix Jr. did finish higher than Ryan Blaney on Sunday, Blaney was able to outpoint him overall. So he increased his margin. But I still kind of, uh, going back to what I said last week, I think Martin Shrix Jr. and his team are just kind of in a win or nothing mindset. Like at this point, I don't think you can really worry about the points. Yes, it's mathematically possible for you to point your way past Blaney, but unless Blaney is crashing out and finishing dead last, it's going to be really, really hard to overcome those points with how well that 12 team runs anyway. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at, you know, you're looking at it coming down to two races to determine whether or not you get to run for a championship for right. two guys in the top five points pretty much all year long. Yeah. And I agree with you. I think that that Truex is looking at well, we got to win. Right. I think I think Blaney looked that way too, one hundred percent. That's that's why I'm interested about this weekend. Is does Blaney run for stage points and hope Truex doesn't win, mm-hmm. or vice versa? Does Blaney go for the win and Truex runs for stage points? Who knows? Well, and that's what really intrigues me about coming up at Watkins from this weekend is in the entire stage racing era we've never gone to a road course where there's only two guys in the field that are concerned about points and yet, right. you have guys that are in the playoffs that would like the extra playoff point and stuff like that but i really think we're gonna see so few guys use that off strategy where they stay out at the end of stages to get those points because for most of the guys in the field it's not really that valuable now could that open the door for Ryan Blaney to win a stage, Mark Trix Jr. win a stage? Quite frankly, I think they're honestly going to end up finishing one, two in both the first stages. And, you know, however that sets them up to win the race at the end, I don't know. But that's just something unique about this weekend that we haven't seen yet in this era of stage racing. One of the things that I, I love listening to Larry Mack just talk. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember a couple years ago, um, one of the things he said when they were talking about this, do you get stage points? Do you go for the win? He said, if points are available, you go get them. Right. 
And I, I think for a guy like Blaney and a guy like Truex, if points are available, you got to go after them. Right. Because, I mean, I'm looking at the, um, the, the other guys that are in the top 10 in points. And, I mean, Ross Chastain's uh, a handful of points behind Kyle Larson and, uh, you know, like Kyle Busch is a couple points behind Kevin Harvick. You know, th- there's a few opportunities within the top 10 to maybe leap a guy to get yourself that extra playoff point in the final regular season standings. But I don't know how much that's going to factor into these guys thinking this weekend. And, again, that's what I hate so much about the stage is that road courses. And when you commit yourself to winning that stage, to getting those points, most of the time that takes you out of contention for the win. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, and that's, I'm sure there's some analytics person that tells you the odds of doing X, Y, and Z, but it, it's, it just makes it interesting. Yeah. And again, you know, if these two guys, let's say they, you know, Blaney wins first stage, Trix Jr. second, Trix Jr. wins second stage, Blaney's in second. And then Eric Jones goes out there and wins the race. Well, then, all this stuff was for naught because they played for points and somebody else won and kicked them both out. Yeah. It's like, well, you played yourself. Yeah. Again, I'm just, I love that we're getting this unique scenario that, and I've wanted something like this ever since they went to this 16 driver format. Like what would happen if we had all winners going to the playoffs? How crazy would that final race be if everybody was going for wins? And, you know, again, with the future of the next gen car, we don't know how much parity we're going to have in 2023. So I'm trying my best to just enjoy it for the moment that it's here right now. Yeah, I agree. Speaking of the playoffs, uh, we talk about this almost every single week. Ross Chastain continues to do himself no favors in uh, making a championship run as he adds Kyle Busch to his list of drivers I wrecked this year, uh, to which Busch has now christened the term Chastained, which I'm sure we'll be hearing a lot more of before the season's over. Yeah, I think that will be turned into a regular word here, uh, at least through the rest of this season. <sighs> Look, he's aggressive. I get it. He did direct him. Yeah, whatever. But it's just like stop. You, at some point in time, you you've got to own up to it. Yeah. As at times, or you just you got to change change the way you drive. Yeah. You have to. And. I think it's really going to take one of those humbling moments. Let's say that, you know, Chastain is, is made to the final eight. We're racing in Martinsville. There's two or three laps to go and, and he needs to win this race to get into the playoffs. And Denny Hamlin, you know, Kyle Busch insert, whatever driver you want here, hooks him into the fence and turn four on the last lap or something like that. Keeps him out of the playoffs. Maybe that's kind of the, Oh, you know, I've paid for these actions now. Maybe I should change the way I go about it. Yeah. And I think you have to, I mean, from an entertaining from an entertainment standpoint, I thoroughly enjoy all the stuff he gets himself into because it makes for drama. It makes for these storylines that we talk about every single week. But as mm-hmm. it goes, at some point you have to pay the piper, and that's coming for Ross Chastain sooner rather than later. Right. Uh, this was the second race for Richmond this year, and uh, I saw a lot of mixed reactions to this after the race. Some people were saying that was super boring. Some people were really into the strategy elements of it. I'll say I enjoyed it more than the spring race, which was a little more one note. We didn't see as many guys using a lot, utilizing the high lane and stuff like that. It was better. Um, it's still not to the standard that I want Richmond, which is technically a short track. It's under a mile to be at. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it was definitely better than the spring race. Um, you had more, you had, you know, more, a more competitive groove to run in. Um, than you did in the spring as well. So I thought it made for a better race. Um, 
it's one of those it's just with this next gen car there's still stuff being ironed out and, and we talked about it before we started recording diffuser no diffuser on short tr- short tracks you know it's it's one of those you just takes time to figure it out yeah and again now that we're only a couple weeks away from the playoffs the fact that nascar hasn't announced anything that's saying hey on you know at bristol martinsville and phoenix or whatever we're not going to run the diffuser or whatever that they were planning to do i feel like it's not going to happen now because you feel like they would have announced it ahead of time or at least tried it out at a place like richmond to see if it works a little bit better um and and there, there could be a litany of reasons for that maybe you know because again the teams have bought all these parts maybe they're saying hey we bought them and want to use them, you know, we don't want to be wasting money here. So there's a lot of factors that go into this. Um, but I, I do think NASCAR had the foresight to remove Richmond from the playoffs this year so we didn't get this race. Again, some people enjoyed it, some people didn't, uh, you know, right in the middle of like the first round or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So it's continued to be a work in progress, but, you know, and, and I'm really interested to see what the, the, the 2023 schedule is whenever we get it, maybe in a week or two. Um, you know, if Richmond's one of those tracks that still has two dates. Yeah, well, I think that's just, I mean, we know we're adding the Chicago street course, which means somebody's going to lose a date. Yep. You know, what America is, it? who knows? I mean, I know we both want Iowa right. on the on the schedule. You know, it just it depends on, on kind of what they're thinking. And I, maybe we'll get it before we go to Daytona next week. Maybe okay. it's not for Charlotte. Who knows? Well, and a lot of the, the rumors and, and speculation is that they're pushing for a lot of tracks to go down to one date to present more variety, but it's like, okay, well, there's only so, there's only so many feasible tracks the Cup Series can go to. We know that, obviously. So it's like, you know, even if, yeah, you know, you're trying to go with, you know, X amount of tracks, get one date, you're still going to have to go back to some places multiple times, you know, Daytona and Talladega, that's always going to be the status quo there. Um, and and I, like, I don't see a suitable replacement for richmond if that makes sense it is an ask car on track so i guess theoretically iowa could be on the board but i haven't seen any like push from the nascar side to want to get the cup series to iowa i mean the truck and xfinity series haven't been there in three years now so i i'm not putting all my tokens in on the cup series going there next year well all i'm saying is after seeing the way indycar put on the event this couple weeks ago i guess it was yeah at the there's no reason NASCAR shouldn't be able to, but that's, that's for another podcast, I guess. And for what Iowa is, it is technically a short track, but built very much like an intermediate track. You would think the next gen car will probably race pretty well there. You'd think so. Uh, we had another race at Richmond over the weekend. Honestly, the less that's said about it, the better the trucks raced on Saturday night. Um, that's pretty much it. Chandler Smith won. Uh, Carson Hosefar got in another accident. Um, and that's, Pretty much it. They're through two rounds of the the uh, their playoffs, and uh, not a whole lot of momentum coming out of Saturday night. No, and that's the thing is like you just gotta wait and wait and wait until you know their next race, and it's just yeah, you can't build any kind of consistency with it. Uh, some speaking on the truck series, and we'll get back to some of the storylines of the race. Something that I saw today that uh, honestly surprised me. I had no idea. Somebody pointed out on Twitter. Ryan Priest and Parker Kligerman, who have run less than half the races, obviously they both have a win um, at Nashville and, and Mid-Ohio, respectively, they are both ahead of points than Haley Deegan. She's like 20th in points, well behind these two guys that have run less than half the races. And I'm not trying to you know, say, oh, she's a bust, she's the worst driver ever, blah, 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 blah. But given the fact that she's going on two full years of experience in the truck series with a team that obviously Ryan Priest has shown can get to victory lane. Todd Gillen has shown can get victory lane. 
at what point are we starting to question like, is, is she cut out for this? Is she good enough to compete in the truck series? I think it's now. I mean, to be 100% honest, I mean, you know, like her or not, and it's it's unfair to compare to Danica. Right. It's comparison. It's a lazy comparison. Comparison. I get it. Um, but there's, I mean, to the driver I'm going to compare it to is Riley Hurst. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like I don't. There's one reason that he drives. It's because he brings money. Right. You know, and I, I feel like that's her. I mean, where have you seen progress? It, and it's not just her. It, it's not just her. It, it's a lot of different drivers throughout NASCAR. Mm-hmm. Honestly, three levels. You're just like, where's the progress? Yeah. You know, and it's just, I don't know. I mean, it is what it is, I guess. And again, you know, that just jumped out to me today. And that's why I felt like I wanted to talk about it. But, you know, again, for, for somebody that, that came in with as much hype as she did, and it wasn't this like, Oh, just because she's a woman, she's going to do X, Y, and G. She showed you that she could win in right. the West Series. She showed you she could be competitive in ARCA. It's not like she just came in with a pile of money and everybody said, oh, she's going to be good. Like, she showed you some legitimate, like, body of work to tell you that she was going to be something decent. And unfortunately, and I don't know what it is, some people just don't adapt to the trucks very well. I mean, you look at somebody like Noah Gregson who struggled. He won a couple of races, but he struggled for the most part, given the equipment he was in at Kyle Busch Motorsports. Would she fare better in an Xfinity Series car? I don't know. But to me, until she really shows you that she's doing something in trucks, I don't think she's going to get that next opportunity. Right. And that's the thing. Maybe, maybe she gets, maybe somebody brings her up to Xfinity next year. I don't know. But I mean, there's, you've just got to see growth that at some point in time, you just got to kind of cut the cord and move on. Yeah. Well, and when you look at the like, the Ford lineup of drivers, obviously Riley Herbst is the only Ford development driver in the Xfinity series. You know, you have Zane Smith down the truck series. Now outside of that, it's, it's really those three are the only one kind of in this forward line of things, you know, for when Kevin Harvick retires in a couple of years, when Eric Amarola eventually retires, so we hear like, it sounds like it's going to be coming back next year. Like if I'm forward, I got to be panicking a little bit that I don't have that many people in the pipeline to eventually bring up when some of these older cup series drivers retire. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely got to be a concern, but I think too, like, you know, Toyota has been very, for the most part loyal to their prospects and getting them to the cup series. Right. Um, whereas like Chevy and Ford don't really have that kind of backing. Right. Uh, I think Ford is be like, you know, if there's a Chevy driver out there that looks promising, we'll go get them. You know, so I, I don't think it's as big of a deal. Um, but nonetheless, yeah, it's like, who's your next prospect? Right. Uh, speaking of Toyota drivers, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, Chandler Smith picked up the win at Richmond on Saturday, got himself into the next round. And he's somebody that, you know, talking about guys going up through the pipeline and being potential cup prospects down the road, you know, you know, look, he's 19 years old. He's still really, really young. So it's weird to that, that I was almost skeptical of him a year ago or whatever. But, you know, at the beginning of last year, I didn't really know what to think of him. He came on strong at the end of the season, got a couple wins. Now he's won three races this year. Now gets himself in the second round of the playoffs. Could possibly win himself a championship here in a couple of weeks. Like he's starting to present himself to me as one of those guys that could eventually climb the ladder, maybe get a Cup Series one day. Right. Well, and I, I mean, obviously, we know the, the financial backing there with him, and he's he's impressed me this year. Yeah. He really doing what he should do in that truck. Yeah. 
Um, somebody that has impressed me a lot this year that continues to get himself in hot water is uh, Carson Hosevar for the second race in a row uh, has a gets involved in an accident. This one looked less obvious than last week or a couple weeks ago at, at IRP, but uh, Carson Hosevar not doing himself any favors and gaining new fans so far in these playoffs. No, he's not, but he's the Ross Chastain of the truck series. Well, I mean, they are teammates technically, so. I, yeah, yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah, they are. But, you know, that's the thing. It's just, you know, it's just, it's part of it. You got it. You learn. And I think at some point in time, you know, whether he's running for a championship in November or trying to advance to the championship round, somebody's going to punt him at some point in time. And you just cost you. Probably so. Um, I so I didn't. I don't know who does race control for the truck series, but he he spins this truck and goes up the track with him. But then they say he was ahead of the leader, so he got to keep his lap instead of going a lap down. Which you know, if te- you know by the rules, if you're involved in the caution, you can't get your lap back if you're lap down. But they said he was ahead of the leader, which I guess went back to the last scoring loop. But I just that that part confused me a little bit. Yeah make much sense at all so again the, the truck series is far from perfect well that's putting it lightly uh moving on to some news now the xfinity series was not in action this past weekend got news earlier in the week that bubba wallace has re-signed with 2311 racing not really surprising you know i mean he's only been there for a year and a half but you know th- i think the timing is really good considering how well he's been running lately the great run he had last weekend at michigan and you know, if you're looking to give him a shot of momentum to maybe make these playoffs in these next two weeks, signing him, giving him that job security is one way to do it. Well, 100%. And I think there's been, you know, really good growth with Bubba. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas, you know, he's 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 in a top flight car now, you know, and, and is really just figuring it out. And and I I don't think he's the point yet where you, you look at him as a guy that could win each week. Yeah. Uh, but he, he's getting closer, and it was good to see them work out a multi-year extension. Well, and when you look at Toyota as a whole this season, they haven't been firing on all cylinders like they have been in years past. You know, Hamlin's got his wins. Obviously, Kurt Busch, Kurt and Kyle have got their win. But Drex Jr. on the outside looking into the playoffs right now, he hasn't gotten to victory lane. Um, you know, Christopher Bell's got the one win. You know, so, so Toyota as a whole isn't miles and miles ahead of how well Bubba's been running. So as a whole, you know, you feel like he's kind of right on track with everybody else. Um, and he's still young. I mean, he's only been in the Cup Series for a handful of years, so he's still got a lot to learn and still got a lot to improve on. Um, so having that security and knowing that he's going to be working with Tyler Reddick and, you know, possibly Kurt Busch for another year next year, like that's only going to help him get better. Right. Uh, speaking of Kurt, he's going to be out again, uh, or he, as far as we know, is going to be out again this weekend at Watkins Glen. We talked about this last week. Keep him out until Darlington. No reason to throw him out there to road course with all the bumps and the lefts and the rights, and especially Daytona where he could, you know, further injure himself. So wait till the playoffs. Let Ty Gibbs go run these next two races. At this point, I think he's going to be in the 18 car next year anyway. So you may as well give him the experience while you can. Um, and just let Kurt be ready for the final 10 races. Exactly. Obviously, let him get completely healthy so there's no lingering issues. And um, if, I mean, hopefully it's Darlington. I, I'd hate to see him not be able to be back, but um, it sounds like he and his doctors and NASCAR and, and his team have all really taken, I don't even want to say mature approach. It's the right approach to all of this. Yeah. And, you know, again, I'm not a doctor myself, but it's the concussion he suffered at Pocono does not sound to the severity of like 
what Dale Jr. experienced a couple of years ago that made him sit out for half the season. Like it wasn't, and again, no concussion is good, obviously, but it wasn't as severe as well. We don't know if you're going to come back this season or not. We are taking it a week to week thing. Um, so again, hopefully he's back here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, hopefully so. Uh, we already knew this news uh, that la- uh, before it was announced last week. We know Greg's going to go to the 42 car with Petty GMS Racing, moving up the Cup Series full time, which of course means Ty Dillon is on the way out, which we already knew. Um, it, and honestly, that must have lit a fire under Ty Dillon because he had a really good run this weekend. So that'll be interesting to see how Noah, you know, does in this Cup Series car, which we've seen the 43 car run well with Eric Jones. And you know, I think we all think of Noah Gregson as a pretty highly talented driver on par with an Eric Jones type of guy. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what he can do. It's a, it's a very interesting duo of drivers next year, like complete polar opposites. You have Mr. Personality but, and you have Mr. Not. Yeah. And it's like, it, and there's nothing wrong with either one of them. Right. But it's interesting. Um, you know, I mean, look, Noah's had some experience in the cup car this year has had his ups and downs and you know, look, he'll try to build off of it next year. And obviously we both think that Eric Jones is a phenomenal driver. Um, you know, he locked down a multi-year extension. So it's definitely, I think, a huge step in the right direction for Petty GMS. Absolutely. And consequently, this raises the question now, what happens to the nine car in the Xfinity series? Now that seat is wide open and, uh, you know, kind of going back to this funded driver thing, where do you know that Dale Earnhardt Jr. funds Josh Berry's eight car a lot out of his own pocket and, you know, that they have very minimal sponsorship coming to the table on that side. I really don't think they can afford to do that with two cars. So that, that kind of the pool for that nine car gets a little bit, uh, you know, smaller when you look at possible drivers that could jump in it. But I think it's all but known that it'll be somebody that brings a significant amount of, you know, financial backing with them. And right. That is what it is. So again, you narrow it down to a certain group. And I saw this floated out there. Um, obviously, Kyle Bush, we haven't heard anything new about his negotiations. If he leaves Toyota, yeah, his truck team will probably not stay Toyota. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what if he went to Chevrolet or whatever and Chandler Smith brings a lot of money? Could he be a guy? Um, could be somebody like Zane Smith? doesn't necessarily bring the money but now Z- has- i will say zane smith does have some family backing and he does he has a r- race for jrm before but if i'm forward i have a death grip on him i'm not letting him go you would think so but crazier things have happened we'll see um but that's something to look out for these next couple weeks maybe we don't know about until the off season um but that certainly creates a pretty big vacancy for a very very good ride down the mm-hmm. series yep all right, on to Watkins Glen this weekend, the Xfinity Series and the Cup Series in action. Big weekend this weekend as Kimi Raikkonen makes his Cup Series debut for the Project 91 car. In fact, we're going to have seven different countries represented in this race. There are a multitude of guys uh, coming in running one-offs. Um, so it's going to be very, very interesting to see how these guys fare. And I've seen a lot of people speculate, you know, what can, what can Kimi Raikkonen do in his first career Cup Series race? I'm not going to say he's going to go out there and win the race. I think he can probably finish in the top 20. What do you think? I think so. I mean, I think it's just you're, you're going to go out there and and just honestly, it's just for fun. I mean, you're not expected to do anything. Um, just enjoy it and, and and move on. With that, we get to our picks. The Xfinity Series on Saturdays, they creep closer to their playoffs. And 
again, it's pretty much been JRM versus Ty Gibbs uh, pretty much this entire season. So which way are we going with this one? Um, well, we are at Watkins Glen, and we know one guy is pretty good at road course. So I'm going to go with the Dinger, um, able to get the job done. I think a little bit outside the box. This is a guy that was actually pretty good at road courses when he was down in the truck series, Austin Hill, to get his third win of the season. All right. Jumping up to the Cup Series, 15 slots secured for the playoffs, two more races to go. I ask this question every week. Do we get a new winner or do we add uh, another win to one of the already existing 15? I think we add a win to one of the 15. I think it's going to be Kyle Busch. Okay. Uh, I think that he's just, he's got a lot going on and people have said he's distracted. And I think before you get to the playoffs, you want to kind of end all that talk and, and move on. So I'm going to Kyle Busch. Well, I want a scenario where we have 16 winners going to Daytona and everybody's concerned about winning the race and nobody cares about points. So I got to think outside of the top, out of the 15 right now. And again, ran well at Sonoma, had a good run this weekend. I'm going to go with Christopher Busher again. Busher, okay. I said his name right that time. Yeah, for this weekend anyways. That's right. Um, so, yeah, we, we get through Watkins Glen. That's our next to last road course race of the season. I know you're very glad about that. Um, I am because I love the Roval. That's right. Um, and then we get, I think, to the most anticipated race in period in a very long time, the Daytona season cutoff. Yeah, it, it's it, especially – Ashley, if we get the 16 winners this weekend, yes, all next weekend will be a blast. I am, I am team chaos. I want it to happen so bad. Mm -hmm. So with that, we'll be back next week to break down all things Watkins Glen and look ahead to that very, very exciting regular season finale. Mm -hmm.